0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome again to another Blessed Wins Bible Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's been another great two weeks. You know, the other day we were at the church and we celebrated communion. And it really got me thinking, what is communion? I read a book called The Table That Speaks, Bringing Communion to Life, the other day. Very, very good book. And it explains so much about what exactly communion is. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that book and a little bit about my own feelings about communion, but a lot about what the Bible says about communion. Luke twenty two, fifteen says, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. That verse is referring to the last supper it's referring to Jesus's last meal. This was celebrated at Passover. Now Passover is usually celebrated with family and close friends. And that just proves that the disciples were close friends. And he eagerly desired to eat with them. He didn't just sit back and go, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to eat with them today. It was, I want to eat with you guys. I need to pass some knowledge on to you. And so he broke bread with them at Passover. So what is Passover? The first Passover occurred when the Israelis were still slaves in Egypt. They took the blood of a spotless lamb and placed it over their doors so that the angel of death would pass over them to avoid the death of the firstborn. Exodus 12.5, the animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. You may take them from the sheep or the goats. Let's talk about what it means to be an unblemished. We've all heard of Jesus referred to as our sacrificial lamb. Unblemished means free from sin. He's the only man to have ever walked the earth to be free from sin. He was the only man that could be our Passover lamb. After this, the Israelis were released from slavery. When we accept Jesus Christ into our life, we are released from slavery as well. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to the little g God of this earth. At that point in time, he has become our Passover lamb, and by his blood, we were saved. But it's not just when he died on the cross. It was when he was beaten beforehand. Let's go back to Luke twenty-two fifteen. He eagerly desired to eat Passover with them. He was looking forward to eating with them. And then he eagerly went into his death. A painful death to free us from sin. Now it was required in Jewish law to commemorate the Passover. Exodus 12, 14. This is a day you will commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord as a lasting ordinance. This day was very important to the Jewish people. Again, again, You celebrate it with your close friends and your relatives. He could have chosen his family, but he chose it with his friends, his disciples. So who exactly are we again? We've chosen Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19-20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are his disciples. We have accepted him. If this was happening today, if the Last Supper was happening today, we would be invited because we're all his disciples. But we're not only his disciples. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. The early Jewish people were considered God's servants. But we're no longer servants. Jesus came and gave us the good news of the gospel. He shared what His Father wanted with us. We are His friends. And as His friends, we need to occasionally break bread with Him. And this is a quote from that book, Just as the children of Israel observed the Passover to celebrate their deliverance from slavery in Egypt, Christians observe communion to celebrate deliverance from sin and all its consequences. Communion is is our Passover. When we celebrate communion, we are celebrating the Passover. We are celebrating coming from death to light. Just like God opened the door and removed the binds and and removed them from slavery in Egypt. Jesus opened that door on the cross for us and we are no longer slaves to sin. 1 Corinthians 11:23 through 26 For I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you, that it was given to me personally, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was treacherously delivered up, and while his betrayal was in progress, took bread, and when he gave thanks, He broke it, said, Take it, eat it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. Similarly, when the supper had ended, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. To call me affectionately to remembrance. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact that the Lord's death until he comes again. So that was Paul's account. Paul wasn't there that night. He got that word directly from God on what communion was supposed to be about, it's supposed to be a remembrance. So the first element, the bread, bread does get discussed frequently in the Bible. They use unleavened bread during the Feast of the Passover. And part of the reason they use unleavened bread is because leaven or yeast was considered to be like sin. That once it infiltrated, you just can't get rid of it. Do you remember that friendship bread that we had all those years ago? And you'd you'd bake most of it, but you'd leave part of it sitting there. That's because the yeast was in there. Then you didn't have to add the yeast. The yeast spread through all the bread, just like sin spreads through the world when you just have a little bit of it. So that's why they do unleavened bread, because it represents the lack of sin. So the bread of life. John 6, 48 through 50. I... Jesus, am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna from the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus, when he went to the cross, was our living bread. And he was broken for us. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. His body was broken for our sins. This is my body, which I'm giving up for you. And then he broke it and he gave it. When we take communion, we need to be thinking about that. The other element is the blood. And there is redeeming power in that blood. What does redeeming mean? Redeem means to be brought back completely and be made clean. In the Old Testament, they used to do atonement when they'd have a lamb and they'd slaughter it. Jesus's blood redeemed us, which made us completely clean. Atonement just simply covers the blood. It simply just covers it up. We no longer have to put the blood of an unblemished lamb over the door because of our covenant with Jesus that was signed with his blood. His blood redeemed us. There's a great deal of power in that blood. That blood cures sicknesses. That blood cures diseases. Matthew twenty six twenty eight. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That blood was poured out for us. That blood put a seal on us. Over us. That cross that he hung on. You can look at it like a door. And that blood spread from arm to arm. Is a door to heaven for us. Jesus took all of our sins. To give us eternal life. We are not just atoned. We're completely made clean. We are righteous. After when we accept Jesus and get our sins forgiven, we become righteous so that we can be in his presence. It's not like when we make a mistake writing and we take some white out and we white it out. Our sin is completely thrown away. It's not just covered up. So why do we celebrate communion? The first reason is it's an ordinance. Luke twenty two nineteen. 19 Do this in remembrance of me. He doesn't say, hey, think about it. You know what? Ponder. If you get a chance, he says, do. So just like Passover, this becomes an ordinance. This is an ordinance. We are supposed to take communion. It's a tradition. And I'm not talking about a bad tradition that you just kind of do because you've always done it. Some places, every Sunday. Some places, the first Sunday of the month. Some places, the last Sunday of the month. This was done with Peter and Paul while they were out preaching the gospel. It's a memorial. We're doing this in remembrance of him. Ponder that for a minute. When we get together for a memorial, Or we just want to remember them. Is it a sad occasion? Are we celebrating their life? We're not celebrating their death. We're there to celebrate their life. Now at funerals, we're saying we're there because we're going to miss that person. We don't have to worry about that with God, with Jesus. Because God gave us the Holy Spirit. The three in one. Jesus lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit inside of us is part of the Trinity, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that lives in me than is in the world, John 4.4. We are greater than the devil. The one that lives inside of us is greater than that small G God of the world. Our God is greater. So with this memorial, we're remembering his life. Jesus had a three-year ministry, and we remember him 2,000 years later. It's a time for thanksgiving. We need to be thankful for all the things that Jesus did for us. We need to sit down when we're walking up to get those elements and be thinking about all the blessings that we have in Jesus' name. It's not a time to be sad. It's not a time to be thinking about balancing your checkbook. It's a time to be thinking about Jesus and thinking about the things that he has given us. The promises in the Bible that have all been bestowed upon us well over 8,000 promises in the Bible. All those things that Jesus said we have in his name, the in him verses. It's a time to be thankful for our healing, whether it's manifested itself or not. It's time to be thankful for our prosperity because it's all God's money. We're just here borrowing it. And so everything we get is from him. It's a bond fellowship. We're breaking bread together. It wasn't just Jesus and Peter at that last supper. It was all the disciples. We're eating together. It is a Passover meal, Passover celebration. We're supposed to spend it with family and close friends. Church is supposed to be our friends. We're supposed to bond with them. We're supposed to fellowship with them. It's also a profession of our faith. We sit there and we take the elements in front of everybody and we profess we believe that Jesus suffered, died on a cross, was buried, rose again, and went into heaven. That's what we are professing when we take the elements. We are showing people that we are believers. But you got to be careful. You need to make sure you're worthy to take the elements. You need to make sure that your conscience is clear. We need to bring ourselves and be right with God. 1 Corinthians 11:27 27-32 Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Wow, there's a lot there. We need to sit down before taking the elements. We need to make sure our heart is clean. We need to make sure that we aren't harboring unforgiveness. We need to. Work on being godly. We need to ask God to forgive our sins before we go up there. That means we need to recognize what they are, repent, and ask for forgiveness. We celebrate because Jesus is coming back. That's one thing we got to remember. Jesus is coming back. In that whole verse, 1 Corinthians. Eleven twenty-three through 26 that I spoke about before, we must remember the last line. Jesus is coming back. Do this in remembrance of me until I return. It's a time to celebrate. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to bring us a world and bring us back to the world that He created for Adam and Eve to remove all the sin. And we are joint heirs to that world. Romans 8, 17 says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We are heirs to this world that when Jesus comes back, we're going to be a part of it. Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the promise that was made on the cross in Jesus' blood. So celebrate. Hallelujah. He is coming back, and we're going to be there with him. Psalm 23.5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. He set a table in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies are the little g-god, Satan. Jesus sets a table for us in the presence of thine enemies. Come and partake at that table. In Jesus' name, partake at that table. You've been invited. All you have to do is accept the invitation. Accept Jesus. Profess your faith and show people that you believe that Jesus died on that cross for and then rose again. And I'm going to read another quote from this book from Kenneth Hagan. At what we call the last supper The table set for 12 apostles spoke to them of the past, the present, and the future. The communion table speaks to us of the same things today. It declares that Jesus came, he died, he arose, and he's coming again. Amen. Hallelujah. The communion table is still the table that speaks. It is the past, it is the present, it is the future. As new Christians, as old Christians, whatever, wherever you are in your journey with Christ, get yourself with some people and break bread and drink that cup. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Come in there. The table is set for you. Lord, praying for everybody at this podcast. To get into a church, go to that table. Lord, I pray that they have the boldness to go to that table and declare in fellowship with the people from the church that they are with Jesus, Lord. And I pray, Lord, I pray for them to have the strength that you've given them in the in him statements. Lord, we know that we can do all things through you that gives us strength. And Lord, we know that we can overcome whatever fear, whatever anxiety, whatever it is that's keeping us out of that building, out of fellowship with our friends, out of wherever they're meeting, because church isn't just a building. Church is the fellowship. Church is being with people, Lord, and we know that. Whatever's keeping people away from fellowshipping with other Christians and breaking bread and drinking of your cup and remembering you, Lord, remembering Jesus. Lord, I bind whatever that is that's holding them back in Jesus' name. Well, I just want to thank you all for joining again for another Blessed Winds Bible Message podcast. You can find us on any of the podcast sites. You can also find us on YouTube. Please hit like and subscribe. If you have any testimonies you would like to share, please send me your testimonies. I'd love to read them and hear about them. All of you have a blessed two weeks. In Jesus' name, amen.